listening to the Women Inspiring Women podcast. Each week, network marketing professional and mom-turned-entrepreneur Melanie Mitro gives you her tried-and-true tips for building a business from your kitchen table. This self-made millionaire went from a stay-at-home mom to the top of a network marketing business in just three years. She built an online health and fitness business from the ground up while raising babies and juggling being a mom and wife. Now she wants to help you become the boss of your own life. For blog posts, business tips, and more, check out her website at melaniemitro.com. Now let's get to the show. Here's your host, Melanie Mitro. Hey, everybody. It is Melanie Mitro from the Women Inspiring Women podcast, and I am so excited for today's episode. I have a very special guest for you, and I can't wait to give him a warm introduction. But before I do that, I haven't done listener in the week in a while, so let's dive in. Today on the podcast, Nikki Sullivan left the sweetest review. She says, hi, Mel. I'm grateful that I can come and listen to all the great information you share with us. I am a new coach with Beachbody, and the information you share has helped me get organized with my goals and helped me move my business forward. I especially love when you show us tough love. I work at a stable in the early morning, so I put in your podcast and listen to one after another until my shift has ended. It gets me in the right mindset to conquer my day. So thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge with us. Nikki, thank you so much for leaving me a review on iTunes. I really, really appreciate it. And friends, if you are listening in right now, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and review and make sure you click subscribe to the podcast so you get updates when a new episode goes live. All right. So big things are happening in the Women Inspiring Women community. And today we have a very special guest. So my guest is Josh Coates, and we're doing something a little different. We are interviewing each other, and we're using this episode not only on my podcast, but on his podcast too. So we actually go back and forth and have an amazing discussion for about an hour. And honestly, I think we could have talked for many more hours, but Josh started his life coaching business, the Push Life Coach, or Push Coach is what he, um, what is the phrase that he uses? uses to describe what he does. And he started that business many of years ago um, when he just sort of felt like, is this all there is to life? Is, you know, am I just going to be struggling to make ends meet? You know, being a um, musician isn't quite paying the bills and I don't really know what I want to do. And so he found his passion through inspiring and motivating others to live their best life and go after their goals. And he is transforming the lives of business owners with his Push Life community. So today we're going to have a great discussion about obstacles and struggle and mindset and all that good stuff. So I'm super excited for you guys to check it out. All right. So we are live and I've got a special guest. So I introduced and kind of said a little bit about Josh, but all right, let's get started. So Josh, you're here, right? I'm here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for doing this joint little venture with me. I know we've never done this before, so it's going to be kind of fun, right? Yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be wonderful because I like to learn, of course, as a public speaker, I like to talk. Um, that's obvious, but I also love to like learn. And so getting to sit and just ask you questions and, um, getting to hear everything that you've been through. Like, I'm excited to be a student today. 
Yeah. And likewise. So we're going to interview each other and it's going to be super cool. So, so my audience may not know you. So why don't you just kind of give them a little backstory on okay. who you are and what you do uh, and kind of how you got to the place where you've started the business that you now own. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick little blurb. I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to make it a quick blurb. Um, basically I, I grew up in kind of like the church world. My dad is a preacher. My brother's a preacher, like literally my uncles, grandparents, like every person on the planet that has the last name Coates has been a preacher. Um, and so I kind of grew up thinking that I was going to do that, but they ended up getting more into music, writing, playing music, did that for years in church before I kind of stepped out and did my own thing. And then um, at some point went through some family stuff with my youngest son who went through several open heart surgeries. And I was just like, okay, I love music, but also it's taken me on the road and it's taken me further away from family. And if you know anything about music, you're either really rich or really poor. <laughs> I was the really poor. And it was going to take a lot of work to get to the really rich with really no, like there's no stepping stone rewards in music. Like it's either full on broke or full on you're now on the radio and you're famous and rich. there's no like stepping grounds, like, like what we do now. Yeah. Um, okay. So I was just like, I just need to do something different. Like I want to do something that is still purpose-based, mm -hmm. um, serves people but it needs to be like something from home. And, and, and I knew that it didn't, I didn't want it to be ministry. Like, even though like my dad, brother, I had kind of seen the box that it can put your personal life in to where your choices basically have to be based around what everyone else thinks is okay. And I was just like, I'm too much of an independent individual to let other people tell me what's okay to be and not be. Right. Right. So all I knew was, Music has been my entire life and now it's not there. So I don't know what to do. I don't want to go back to college. I don't like school. The only thing I knew to do was I needed to learn something. And I actually remembered like a, an article I'd read by like Creed's guitar player where when Creed ended, he didn't know what to do. So he just went to the studio and practiced eight hours a day for like months. And then when the next opportunity came along, he just like, he was like, I was at my best self. So something about that, I was like, I don't know what I need to do, but I know I need to be my best self for whatever it's going to be. And that's when I realized I'm like, dude, you listen to music eight hours a day while you detail cars at your job. Why don't you just like listen to some podcasts or something? Mm -hmm. And so I started listening to podcasts thinking I do it like a couple hours a day. And I just loved it so much. I was listening to podcasts eight hours a day, like eight hours every single day. I couldn't get enough of it. I was just like fueled up by it. I was fired up by it. And so I literally started my own podcast, um, having no idea what I was doing, really no end goal in mind. I just wanted to talk about some of the stuff that I was like excited about. Right. Yeah. And so I started a podcast. Um, it, it, it's not around anymore. I have a new one now, um, called, that my listeners are now listening to. Um, but the point of it was like, I just took a step. And along that, I found the John Maxwell team. I actually found John Maxwell through a podcast. Mm -hmm. I was like, this dude is like speaking my language. Like he comes from like this faith background, but he tends to have a different perspective than the people I've grown up around, like more of like a growth 
minded. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just different. I didn't know how to explain it. I just knew that's the kind of guy I wanted to be. And so I found out he had a certification program through some type of Google ad or Facebook ad. And I signed up and, and the rest is not history as, as I'm sure we'll get into the rest of the interview. There's more to it, but, but that's how I got to it was just like, I just literally fell in love with personal growth and, and was like, if this makes me feel this good, like I just want to help everyone in the world feel like this Wow. or whatever that is. That's cool. So you, you did this life coaching, um, this, um, certification. So now you complete the certification. So what do you do with it? Well, here's, what's crazy. (laughs) Melody, this is, this is a funny story. Okay. Um, so you, the certification was a certain amount of money. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you had to put a down payment. So I put a down payment. You're supposed to have it paid off in the first six months to go to the official like graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't have the kind of money to make my monthly payment. So I, I kind of like threw down my down payment and literally up front, I was like, here's the thing. I don't know how I'm going to come up with that other like $600 a month. Like I literally, I have no way in the world of paying that money unless like something happens. I, I'm going to like, I'm committed to doing this, but I just need to know what happens if I can't make my payment. And they're like, well, you'll lose access to the program. Um, but they were super gracious with me. They're like, as long as you can just pay something, just like even a hundred bucks, we won't kick you out. We'll let you keep getting access so that you can find a way to work your way through this. So, um, my whole first year, I only made $500 total. What they encourage you to do, like, Hey, you're going through the training, go ahead and practice, go ahead. Like you can't say you're certified, but go ahead and start doing the work. Right. And so I was like, shoot. Okay. So I got out there, started meeting people for coffee, started doing my thing. And, and I wasn't making any money, so I couldn't make my payments. Yeah. And I got kicked out of the certification three different times because I couldn't pay my $100. Wow. But I just kept going at it. And when I had $100, I threw it in and I hopped back in and I just kept going. And it was actually, it's funny, I'd actually built my business up to something like $20,000 a month before I finally actually got officially certified. because. Wow. Once my business finally got up to $10,000 a month, obviously I paid it off, but the next graduation wasn't for like five months after that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I literally built my business to like 20,000 a month, not even officially certified. Wow. They just, they just said, go for it. And I was like, okay, if that's what you, if John yeah. Maxwell says, gives me permission to coach people without being officially certified, then I'm going to go do it. I feel like most people think to themselves when they do a certification or they sign up for a business that they have to complete the entire thing. They have to have all the answers before they can get started. And you literally just jumped in and took it. Yeah. I just, I just knew. So one of, one of the big mindset shifts I had in that first year was reading a book by John Maxwell called sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. Mm-hmm. And I just, the biggest mind shift that I had was I, w- I was, I was scared to death of failure before that because the household I grew up in was like, you're either like in God's perfect will or you are like in sin. And so like, to me, that was like a representation of like win or lose. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you win, you're like good with God. If you like, otherwise you lose. Right. So like that kind of like made its way into everything, every part of my life. I didn't want to fail because I felt like it was some, some bad thing. Right. Yeah. So when I read that book, 
he basically was like, here's the thing. It's the only way to learn. Like every time you fail, you're going to learn a new lesson so that you can like get better. And so the only thing that I really knew was that I had no clue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And if the only way to learn was to fail, like literally my first year, my only goal was fail as many times as humanly possible. Like that's it. I don't know if I'm going to make any money. I don't know if anything's going to work, but if the only way to learn is to screw up, I know I suck really bad. So I better just screw up left and right. And it kind of gave me permission to just like try anything, do anything, go for it. Um, it's only healthy for a short season to try everything. You know what I mean? But, yeah. but for my first year, that's just what I needed to do to learn lessons and figure out like what would work. Wow. I just wish everybody had that kind of mindset, you know, so you were conditioned to not fail. Was that yeah. hard for you to kind of break through that? It was, literally, it was literally the hardest thing in the world. And, and, and I still face it today when I, um, in different seasons, like, like with, with my girlfriend, I mean, the first year that we were together, I, I kind of refaced that demon. Yeah. Um, that's kind of one of the things I've learned about life is like you, you address a demon in one area of your life, it still shows up in the other areas. Like you got, you got to face that same demon. So yeah. like the fear of failure, I swear would literally parallel. Like I hitting the enter button when I submitted to join the John Maxwell team, I mean, I was shaking. And mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I literally, I mean, it literally took me like, maybe this is made up in my head, but I feel like it took me two hours to hit that button. I, I, I was like pacing around my office. And again, this is probably the exaggerated version in my head. It was probably like 10 minutes, but in yeah. my head, I was just like sweating and walking around the room. And I was just like, I don't know if I can do this because there was something for that kind of a price, something in me new. If you hit return, bro, like there's no going back. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you don't, you don't get to spend this kind of money and then just decide that it, it's not for you. Like for me personally, putting that kind of money down was a big part of it. But even still the first six months, it would be like, I'd be all in for a week. And then for a couple of weeks, I don't know, like, I don't know if this is right. Like maybe I'm missing it. Maybe. So, it, I mean, it was a good six months of me having to do personal development having to do affirmations and, and, and really working through this process. And I can kind of remember like a switch just flipping around six months in um, because of that tug of war. It was like after six months, because I just didn't stop pulling mm -hmm. something finally gave. And it's like, it was gone. It was just like done. And, and it still pops up in, in, in new seasons and different endeavors that I'm trying to chase. But it was like a day came where it was like, Nope, I'm going to be a John Maxwell certified life coach. That's what I'm going to do. I don't care if it takes three years. Five, like this is 100% the thing I'm doing. Yeah. And then it was just like set in stone. That's awesome. But it's so it, it wasn't a magic pill, a secret sauce. It was a lot. And that's what I hear you saying yeah. is it was constant repetition with personal yep. development, with positive affirmations, with yeah. pushing yourself through it. And that it wasn't always an uphill it was always, there was always peaks and valleys and that's what being a business owner is. And as you were talking about pacing, I thought, oh my gosh, I remember the first post I did in mm -hmm. my business. I did that. I sat with my finger on that enter button for what felt like 
forever <laughs> because I everything ran through my mind. Who was going to see this? Was I going to succeed? Yeah. Was my results good enough? You know, I mean, but then eventually you just have to enter, walk away and digest right. it for a moment, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. And, and, and I feel like sometimes we, um, we Instagram business too much. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anyone should stop posting pretty pictures. Obviously there's a marketing aspect to it, mm -hmm. but I think sometimes we, um, you know, you know what? I think we should all Melanie, I think we should all remember how much time and energy we put into doctoring our own pictures and posts before we try to pretend that everyone else just did that naturally. Yeah. For real. Right. Because we, we look at everyone else like, oh my God, this girl just like has this thing and she just like, um, it's like she just wakes up like this and it's like, yeah. hold on a second. Right. We're all spending 30 minutes to get the right picture. We're mm -hmm. all, and, and, and I'm not saying that that's wrong because again, part of marketing is appearance and like, yep. so I don't think that that's fake. I don't think it's ungenuine. I don't think any of those things, but also remember if it took you that much effort, it probably took the other person that you're admiring right now the same amount of effort, if not more, if theirs is that much better, right? Yeah. And if you are looking and you're comparing yourself to some, you're just starting your business per se, and you're yeah. comparing yourself, even to me, I've been posting on social media for eight straight years, multiple yeah. times a day. And so it's yesterday, I actually wrote a post about the progression of my social media. And so I went back to the very first social media post I ever did in my business. And I was like, holy cow, we all started at the same place. We all started with horrible pictures and yeah. horrible captions. And, but we learned through that. It was that yeah. I never gave up on that. And it's because of that, that consistency and that discipline of practicing over time and learning what yeah. works and doesn't work. That's how you become good at crafting the pictures, yeah. good at writing the captions. It's not point A to point B and nothing in between. I think totally. people forget that, you know? Yeah, they, they do. And, 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 I, and I mentioned this at, at, at my event last week that um, one, of, one of my good friends, her name's Ashley McClellan, who is just killing it in the business. I'm so yeah. proud of her. Um, she was actually speaking in one of my groups a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, I was looking at the calendar because because when things turned around for her was at a specific retreat that her upline Micah Folsom was holding that I was there doing a workshop for okay. so it's kind of like a staple day that's easy to mark on the calendar because it was like a, a retreat right okay. and she was like I was looking at the calendar today and I realized it was 21 months ago that Josh showed up at that retreat and I was like wait a second we just all need to stop right now we all need to stop and think about this for a second Homegirl just said 21 months ago, yeah. this guy walks into a retreat. Now, it, honestly, it was, it, was, it was like a moment for me too to just realize I got to preach that more often. Like I'm really good about preaching the testimonial of somebody working with me and getting these incredible results. But yeah. this is a 21-month journey, and this was a girl that had already been signed up for two or three years, kind of just like, you know, wallowing around trying to figure things out. And then 21 months after like really making a commitment, now she's getting recognized on stage as elite. Now she's getting invited to speak on team calls. But it's like, it wasn't a 30 day process, you know, yeah. like 
was it because she went through somebody's avatar training? I mean, she did all of those things, I'm sure, but like for 21 months. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a process of refining. Well, it's failure, refining, reflecting, and trying yep. again over and yep. over and over again yep. until you become proficient at it. And then yep. add the next layer. And that's, we forget that. You know? Right. Right. And then, and then you find the next thing you suck at, right? <laughs> totally. And that's good because yep. as a business owner, you never want to be the one that's at the, you always want to be the one that's learning because otherwise you're, you're not growing. If you aren't being yeah. challenged, if you aren't finding new areas that you can yeah. improve, if you're not networking with people that are better than you, you know, you're, you're just not going to grow, you know, yeah. so always thinking in that regard. How, how do you do that? That was one of the questions I had wrote down to ask yeah. you because you, I mean, you have been like top 10, how many years in your company? Uh, so top 10 is six years. Uh -huh. Yeah. Six years. And then yeah. it, like four of those were number one. Yes. Correct. Okay. So how, how does a girl, okay. Get to the top. Um, and then find a way to constantly put herself in the student's chair. Yeah. To keep that level of success. On. I mean, like, cause in your company, like in a sense, you're the top. Like, so how do you find a way to keep being the student instead of getting stuck, always being the teacher? Right. Um, so each year is so different. You know, the first, the first year was like, oh, we did it. Everything's at the top. Everybody's rising. It was this momentum and this energy that was created. And it, that was probably, even though I worked the hardest, it was sort of the easiest time. Right. Mm -hmm. But then once you get there, you kind of yeah. do this. Well, now what? Right. So I was number two that year. And I was like, well, of course I have to be number one. So yeah. then that was fine. We rode this momentum to number one, but then number one happened. And then all that pressure sort of happened to your number one. Right. Yeah. And I remember thinking to myself, so how do I lead in this role of being number one? What mm -hmm. do I, what do I want to represent? You know, how do I want as, the, as I'm representing the company, that's kind of the way that I looked at it. So how do I want to represent my team, my brand, my personality? And so I started really thinking about leadership in a different way. So I felt like, again, this small fish in this big pond of leaders. So it really was surrounding myself with, with people that were just a little bit better than me. And I am the kind of person that listens to everything. And so I always listen. I ask a lot of yeah. questions yeah. and I really leaned into how uncomfortable that was. And so at that point, my team, I had said to myself, okay, I don't have a lot of depth in my downline. I don't want to just be the person at the top. So then my goals shifted to how do I bring other people up? So yeah. then it was a new challenge, right? It yeah. was how do I bring more people alongside of me? Yeah. So that whole year was focused on helping my downline grow. And that was the first year we had the most elite coaches we ever had. Mm -hmm. But then we hit that slump. You know, our business took a really just sort of rough um, 12 months. And mm -hmm. then that was the first time I'd ever felt challenged. I'd ever felt massive amounts of like backstabbing and yeah. just things that relationships falling apart because yeah. when business gets hard, you learn who your people are and you learn who's yep. going to stay and who's going to go. And that was like a year of like 
deep sort of personal growth, but I just knew through that whole thing that there was a deeper message. And I have been so consistent at personal growth, personal development. I, I get up in, at 5 a.m. I'm committed to that morning routine. I've been reading. I listen to podcasts. I don't even know what is going on in the world right now because I don't ever turn on the TV. I don't ever listen to the radio. Yeah. My husband has to tell me, you know, <laughs> if there's a catastrophe because I'm just, I'm committed to growing. And once I got through that year, it was, okay, we made it through that year. We're stronger. And then we sort of had this, this rise, but every year I say to myself, I don't ever want to be the only person that's successful. I know it's now my job to help my people achieve the level of success that they want. And this year when they asked me what my goals were, you know, I always say, I can't ask my team to tell me their goals if I'm not willing to share my own goals. And this yeah. was the first year that I said, I don't really care what I'm ranked in the company. I want to have this many people standing on mm -hmm. that stage. Yeah. And so yeah. that was, so that's how I think to myself. I always yeah. just think, well, what's the next phase? I'm never done growing. I'm always yeah. learning yeah. and I seek it out. If I get complacent, I lean in even more. So. Mm -hmm. It's, it. it's a lot of work. I mean, there is a lot of work that has gone into this journey yeah. of growth. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's, it's funny. It doesn't matter how many books you read. It doesn't matter how many podcasts you listen to. It doesn't matter how many interviews. I still have only found one or two people ever that were like, this just came pretty easy to me. Yeah. I, I found one or two. Okay. But like, but like one or two out of like, thousands right. of pot and, and and usually if you like really dig in with those people you'll find out there was some work and effort like five or ten years ago there was some type of like a process they went through yeah. that they just forgot to give any of the credit to yeah you know like like one girl was like oh well actually you know like I, I did sales for a living for like 10 or 15 years I'm like okay well that's that helps. That, that was yeah. some work that you put in. Like that was some things you did. Like I'm sure your first day of showing up to sell. I mean, I did, um, personally, I worked retail for, I don't know, like seven different years working in shoe stores. And I took number one in the entire company as a 19 year old kid selling wow. insoles and sneaker cleaner out of my cargo pockets Yeah, in yeah. like the early 2000s. I mean, in a way, like that was training me for what I do now because so much of what we have to do online is, is sales, but like so many people don't think about that. Like if you didn't have that same life experience I had, you know what? It probably is going to take you a little bit longer to figure out sales. Right. Totally. And I still sucked my first year. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. we're, all, we're all a growth in process. Um, mm -hmm. Would you hit on for a second? Okay, so you said something really powerful. Okay. Um, I don't know if you meant to say it, but it came out. Okay. okay. Yeah. You got yourself to the top. Okay. And you rode that momentum for a couple of years. And then you said, okay, I got to the top. Let's help some other people get up here. Yeah. I personally feel like the insecurities of people always want people to be at the top with them before they have actually done the path to get there. Mm, so, okay. so like people, so like people, this is just what I hear from people. They hear what you just said and they're like, yeah, I want to be like Melanie. I want to be the girl with all the friends at the top. When in reality, they haven't really gone anywhere yet. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about like, like how do you keep yourself going in the beginning? Cause, cause I think most people listening to this podcast are probably more not at the top yet. That's why they're listening try to get there. Right. right. How do you put together 
the discipline and the energy to get yourself to the top when there's no one yet Mm -hmm. going with you? Oh my gosh, there's so many parts to that question. Um, so let me try to let me think through how I want to approach this. So when yeah. you're so number one, you you can't just teleport yourself to having all the people at the top with you. I think that's important for you to know. But I firmly believe that if you want people to follow you, you have to lead the way. And yeah. leading the way means you get dirty. Like you get gritty, you do the work, you do the hustle, you do the things that aren't pretty. And because if you can't do those things for yourself and grow your own successful business, it's really hard to teach other people how to do things you haven't yet done. So I believe that, yeah, I had to go through all of that in order to be able to teach it to my people. But before I had success, and I also want to preface by saying I didn't have fast success. So when I signed up, it was July of 2011, and it took me nine months to become a diamond coach. So that's a long time, you know? And then I, at nine months, I went diamond, but I also went one star because I had one working coach that was like doing this with me. It -hmm. took me all the way until the end of the following year to get to two star. But I was hustling. Like when I tell you I was 10Xing everything, I could 10X. And so it was like the little engine that could, tiny little like affirmations that I was on the right path. But I had such a crystal clear vision for my life and where I wanted to be and that I didn't want to be in the financial situation we were in. I didn't want to live a life where Matt and I couldn't take a vacation because that's important to me. I didn't want to argue over money. I And I wanted significance. I wanted a career that I felt like I was adding value to other people's lives because my background is psychology. I'm, I'm a helping kind of person. Like that's, that's me at the core. I want to help. I want to fix. Like that's my personality. And so I love that about, about the company. And so, but I had this crystal clear vision of, I don't have a clue how I'm going to get there, but I know that's where I'm going. And every day when my feet hit the floor, I was like, I am willing to do the work that other people are not willing to do. So I can have the things that I want, right? Three and three years from now. And I would say to myself, delay instant gratification for long-term success. So I delayed sleeping in. I delayed taking a nap in the afternoon when my boys nap. I delayed watching TV at night. I delayed spending the money on those things so we could pay off our debt and everything in my mind, delay instant gratification for long-term success. And so my energy and my ability to just share my vision on social media and through conversations attracted people to me. I became a magnet because of my energy level and because of the amount of work I was doing. If you have a bad attitude, you could be creating the same kinds of content that I am, but if you're not passionate, that will always come through. So I just had this massive passion massive action. And I was not afraid to do the work. I had no entitlement. I checked that all at the door. It didn't matter how many months I was in the business. I was going to hustle. So I think that that's a big part of, of kind of the success that I've been able to create is through that mindset. I love that. I love that. You know, Brennan Burchard in in high performance habits talks about one of the, I mean, so, so you, you talked about a couple of, of them in that. Mm -hmm one of them is clarity and one of them is necessity. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that, um, 
in my opinion, of all of the top, of, of all the six that he came up with. So for those of you listening who haven't read the book, he's like, spends the first 75 pages telling you the amount of people he's interviewed to come up with this to yes, basically yes. find the audiobook the first time which is like so if, if you decide to go listen to the audiobook read like fast forward it yeah. through the first couple of chapters because but i mean it the dude like did his research mm-hmm. and interviewed thousands of people to find out like what do they have in common and, and he was like it comes down to like these six things is what we hear over and over and over and over and, and for me personally, I feel like the two you just brought up are the most important. Like clarity is like where you want to go mm-hmm. and necessity is like, how bad do you want to get there? Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I, I actually use the word urgency um, in my trainings. It's, it's, it's all about urgency. In other words, what do you have like right in front of your face that you're like trying to make happen? It doesn't mean that you actually have the ability to make it happen right now, yeah. but it, it, it's like this trick of like, most of us are constantly trying to give in to the pain that we have right now. And you almost have to like trick yourself into feeling the pain that you know you're going to feel if you don't go do something. Right. So for me, it was like, we literally barely buy our kids Christmas presents. Yeah. Like, like we have to like basically hope that my mom ends up taking the kids shopping for clothes before school. Like, like, I mean, it, it sounds t- like to even say it out loud makes me feel like a horrible human, but like come back to school, we would just like put it off as long as we could. Cause we didn't have the money. And then eventually my mom would be like, Hey, I'm going to come get the kids. They're going to get some new clothes. And we'd be like, Oh, thank God. Cause yeah. like we can't, we literally can't. Yeah. And it was just like, okay, like what's more painful, like not listening to my favorite music on the way home from work or like not buying my kids Christmas presents or like school clothes like I literally felt like a terrible human mm-hmm. that my kids didn't have new clothes to wear yeah I mean, it just it sounds like something out of some like weird novel right like that's not yeah. even supposed to be American life this is yeah. like like how do we even end up in this reality but that for me that was that was reality for like 10 years so I feel like that's my story too I mean yeah. that definitely is my story the necessity was high the financial yeah. necessity but what do you say this is not on our script what do you say to somebody that doesn't have a financial drive like somebody that says to you I don't even I don't know what drives me to like I don't have that desire I don't need the money we have great jobs yep. it's my favorite question in the world I love it okay well, because, because every single time I share my story somebody on a team call there's always the one person and we're all tempted to hate their guts. Um, right. I get it. Um, I get it. But, but this is what I tell them. I, I, for me personally, I teach that motivation comes from two places. Um, your life vision and your life mission, your life vision is what you want to create for you and your family. Your life mission is what you want to do for the world around you. If you have one without the other, you'll be completely out of balance. For me personally, growing up in a religious world, Lots of people with a life mission. They wanted to make a difference. They wanted to help people, but no vision for their own life. Mm-hmm. And so you got a whole bunch of people. What I what really made me step out and finally do my own band was seeing a bunch of people in their 60s that were sitting around in pews still talking about like wanting to change the world and hadn't done a single thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like this ain't this ain't the way I want to do life. I don't want to be that guy. So like um, so you, so you've got the mission and, and to be honest in network marketing, that is what we attract the most of is mission oriented people. And we, and that's why like people like me and Melanie got to come along and teach people the drive. Right. But then you have the people 
that are either driven so they've had some success or maybe um, between them and their spouse, they make plenty of money, whatever that case is. What I try to remind them of is what's your life mission? Yeah. Like, that's like really cool that you have like your dream car and your like boat and your like seven story house. But like, what about all of the people around the world that don't have that? Yeah. Like, what are you doing to make an impact on hurting people today? Because if the only thing you die with is all of the financial stuff that you wanted to have, you are going to be sad and miserable. Yeah. And I do think that money solves problems. So I don't have a problem with make all the money in the world. Mm -hmm. But for me, one of the biggest reasons for that is I got a lot of humans I want to help. Yeah. Like I can't build an orphanage on my faith or my goodwill. Yeah. I can only build an orphanage by handing a construction worker money. Yeah. Like, right. I mean, you could say, well, Josh, you can like raise funds. Yeah. But that's still money. Like no matter how you do it, it takes money. And so for me, it's like, if you feel like Josh, I'm complacent because I don't have that need like you do, then you need to really go spend some time in the world around some hurting people and be reminded of how many people need your love in your care and your support and your story doesn't have to be like me and Mel's. It doesn't have to be um, the thing that they relate to. Like at the end of the day, if someone's hurting and someone wants to hug them, <laughs> like yeah. they don't care who it is and they don't care yeah. if your story is exactly the same. They just need to know that someone cares enough to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so that's that. what I think. I love that. I really do. That's awesome. Okay. So next question for Melanie. Okay. If you if you could go back and start all over again and you don't get to say I live with no regrets, you can't okay. you can't answer that way. Okay? okay, you have to give me something. Okay. If you could go back and start all over again, what's one thing you would do differently? Hmm. Okay, so I actually do have an answer. For okay. a long time I actually said nothing because mm-hmm. I felt like everything happened for a reason. Because I do. I feel like I learned through totally. every bad decision that I made. Totally. But knowing what I know now. I would have invested in my business more. So I thought I had to do it all myself and I couldn't invest any money or hire a babysitter and I had to make it work. And so that's what I did at the beginning of, well, for the first two and a half years, I worked at five in the morning. I stayed up till one in the morning. I worked every weekend, every free second I worked and that wasn't healthy from on my own body. And it wasn't healthy for my marriage. It wasn't healthy for my relationship with my kids. And so I was trying to be a business owner, but I was also trying to be stay at home mom. And I was trying to be awesome at both of them. And I was really failing at being a mom. And so I now, what if I were to go back from right from the get go, I would have said, this is my job and I am going to invest in a sitter from eight to one Monday through Thursday. And I am going to lock myself in a spare room or I'm going to go to the coffee shop and I'm going to treat this like my business. And then I'm going to be a hundred percent with my kids when I walk out of that coffee shop or that spare room. And I think I would have, um, it would have been better for my health and it would have been better for my relationship with my kids. I went through a lot of guilt and burnout, massive burnout because of that. And so that is the hardest thing for me to get my coaches to really understand is that investment before you're really seeing the money. But I I believe that I would have probably made money faster if I would have invested, you know, a little bit sooner in the childcare part of it. I think that we have, um, 
you know, mom, mom guilt is a real thing. Dad guilt, mm-hmm. you know, when I had to lock myself in my office for, and, and I had to be really intentional because I was working full time and trying to be a dad to a three kids. So I just had to have like a lot of communication. Like, here's the thing. I need this hour to this hour in my office. When I'm done, we'll have play time. Right. Um, I think the parent guilt is like real, but it's like, here's, here's something that I hear from a lot of moms. Cause obviously we work with a lot of moms in this industry is they feel so guilty about having someone else watch their kids because they said that they wanted this business to bring them home so they could be there with their kids. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's like, I get it. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, what's the best thing for your kid? Yeah. To have a mom who is doing this on their phone all day and night or to have someone else spend some quality time with them for four or five hours so that the time you do have with them is like your undivided attention, you spending, you know, know, like Grant Cardone talks about how like every morning he wakes his kids up at five in the morning and they go grocery shopping together. He's, he's like, I, I take my kids to the grocery store. I, I teach them how to introduce themselves to the workers. And, yeah. and for him, he's just like, what he says is your kids don't need a lot of time with you. They don't even want a lot of time with you, mm-hmm. but they need to have intentional time with you like every day. And that's, and, and a lot of people use their kids as almost like this excuse, which is kind of sad. Like, and it's like, if you had a day job, you wouldn't feel bad that someone else was watching your kid. Right. Right. So if you have a business, why should you feel bad? Well, and I think that people, they want to have the best of both worlds and they have an unrealistic expectation of what it means to come home from work and be a state, but they also have this expectation that they're going to still build their business and it's going to be profitable. And so you, it's really hard to do both. They don't really work well together. So you've got to get that clarity in that of what's realistic. And, and I've, this is the way that I kind of it was the realization for me was a book called present over perfect. And I was listening to an interview. It was on an Oprah super soul conversation podcast. And I forget the author's name, but they were interviewing her and she talked about, this was the smack in my face. She said, I pretend that I'm spending quality time with my family and I'm in my pajamas and I say, I'm relaxing. I'm in my pajamas. I'm on the couch. The kids are watching a TV show and I'm pretending I'm spending quality time, but I'm on my laptop answering emails. Or I pretend that I'm playing a game with them, but I'm really just sitting beside them, checking my emails on my phone or responding to messages. And I was like, instant tears because that's me that that was me for so long i was missing i can remember my husband in the car going did you did you hear they just they're talking to you they're asking you a question and it was just that i was so in my own world that i was missing memories until i made that shift and set business hours and hired a babysitter more more full-time but if i wanted to take a day off I could cancel the sitter and we can go to the zoo. It's, totally. I have the freedom to choose. I don't have to request a day off, but right. I still work. It's just right. on my own terms, you know? Right, right. And if they have a field trip, you can schedule your work time at a different time than the field trip. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that, that's why you want to be home is to create those memories. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Not, not, not so that you could just like sit in the same house as them. And that's what cracks me. If people are like, well, you know, like I'm busy cause I got kids. And I'm just like, really? Show me, show me a camera in your house and let me see you 16 hours a day drawing pictures with them. Yeah. Like I, I want to see the mom or dad that for 16 hours gives their kids 
undivided attention. Like yeah. to be honest, if that's you, I have a girlfriend who's a therapist. You need to message me. I will get you her information. You need help because that's that's weird, right? <laughs> yeah, like, I think nope. that's a lot of quality. That's a lot of time. I know my Nobody. attention span is like if I can spend a good quality hour or two, I am yeah. good. You know, absolutely, I just, absolutely. Small bites. Small bites. Yeah, yeah. And so. I think people need to hear that. Like. Uh-huh. You can have a good relationship with your kids spending an hour of like super intentional time with them. Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, like my kids, we, we drove to Oklahoma City, which is like an hour and a half drive um, that we turned into two hours because we decided to drive Route 66. We decided to go like old school, like yeah. go down the old highway, like maybe run into uh, Mater and Lightning McQueen on the way. And, so and cool. they were like, they were like, ah, oh, this is the worst. I can't believe you're dragging us out of the house to go to Oklahoma City to go to, there's this really, it's called Pops. And it's, it's like an old diner that's got like a hundred different flavors of like pop in like glass, but like the old school ones, like in glass bottles. So we were just like, Jenny's family was gone. I was like, we ain't got no plans. Like, let's just go. And they were so like, uh, this is going to be the worst. And then they got there and they loved it. Mm-hmm. And they had such a cool experience and if I would have stayed home with them, we probably would have watched like three different movies together um, because it was Sunday. It's kind of our chill day, but they wouldn't remember that. Yeah. They remembered that like trip. That, that, that's going to be a memory for like the rest of their life. And, and someone told me one time that the only thing we really get in life is memories. Yeah. Yep. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, that's cool if you want to like pretend to sit around and be with them 16 hours of the day but if you didn't make a memory like what did that even what did that even matter right like right. one one hour of intentional time you could have created like a really powerful memory that mm-hmm. 10 years from now I remember the memories I have with my dad more like I can still remember at four years old as playing indoor soccer in the basement yeah and in my head, I think we did that every day. He probably did it like twice. But in my head, I'm like, that was so cool when I was four, we played indoor soccer. Yeah. I remember those memories way more than I remember, you know what? My dad didn't sit down with me every single day and watch TV. He didn't. Right. Right. Like, I can't think of a single day that my dad came home from work and was like, All right, son, let's sit down and cuddle. Like that was not my dad. He was like, yeah. I'm gonna be in my room. I'm exhausted from work. And and I was just being a kid running around doing my thing, you know? So I think parenting in general is, I don't know about you, but I personally, as a dad feel more pressure than anything else in the world to be a good dad. Cause it's like, you only get one shot. Mm -hmm. That's true. It is so true. But I, I believe that what we do right in both of our industries prepares us for the lessons we need to teach our children. Yeah. So I, there's just been so many situations in the past month or two, now that my kids are a little older and they're involved in sports where I'm able to take all the personal development that I have read and just infuse it into their tiny little brains to help them deal with losing and setbacks and bad calls and all of the things that happen in their lives. And I always think to myself, this is the best gift that I have given to my children is being a business yeah. owner and working through difficult situations. Cause I can teach my kids. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, yeah. and I think that that's like uh like the perspective everyone needs to take about kids with their businesses instead of like, cause, cause I think everyone's like, Oh my God, I'm sacrificing these, these moments with my kid. This is only gonna happen one time, but what gift are you giving them? Yeah. 
you know, like, like what gift are you giving your children? Like, like, don't be the person who like dies and leaves no inheritance. Mm -hmm. Like, like we could like rewind that way back and say, don't be the parent who sends your kids off to college and they never learned a single lesson because you didn't give them any gifts because you were so focused on just like trying to be there 100% of the time. What happens when you're not there? What happens when, I mean, did you teach them anything? Exactly. Exactly. So true. So true. Anyways, me, me and Melly do a parenting podcast. Um. We so did. We so <laughs> did. We so did. All right. So, um, all right. So let me ask you a question because okay. I just, okay. So people, uh, there are people listening and they have massive goals that they want to accomplish, you know, and yeah. they just don't even know where to start. So mm-hmm. in your business and what you do, how do you help somebody take the first step and not get overwhelmed or paralyzed by the magnitude of a goal? Yeah. So, well, well, the first thing I will say is I just want to start off by giving everyone permission to have that big, crazy goal. Mm-hmm. That's one of the number one things that I teach on. I spoke at a post summit event for Julie and Danielle. And I was like, first thing we got to do, we got to say that thing out loud because you're going to get excited about it. Every, every, everyone has a moment in their life, right? Where like you think of like, I want to do this crazy thing. If you don't feed it, it's going to disappear mm-hmm. and, and you're going to regret it. So like, I just want to give you permission to have that crazy goal. You're not crazy. Okay. What's crazy is to think you can't do something incredible. Like why are we even here if we're not going to do something incredible? Right. So right. to me, it's crazier to think you can't do something. Right. So a be okay with the fact that you want to do something crazy. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. Um, but, but B I mean, for my clients, it, it, it really is so simple. Like I ask the most simple questions in the world. So um, two, two questions that I think are really important is one, what's the voice in your head telling you that you can't have that? Um, if, if you're going to go after this goal, we really need to define who you're fighting. Um, one of the number one things you need to know in sports, I played sports my whole life, is who's on the other side of the court. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't mean that it always changes your game plan. Um, you want to be who you are. You want to play your game, but you need to know what you're going to be up against. Because if I got to shoot over a guy that's six inches taller than me, I need to be prepared for that. If, if I don't mentally prepare for that, I'm going to lose the whole first half guaranteed. And then I'm going to have to like try to catch up mentally at halftime. And that happened to my team many times because the other team was six inches taller than us. Um, so you got to just know who am I fighting against? And, and so I teach my clients, like, let, let, let's just write down these voices and let's try to, for me personally, I always say, um, obviously these voices are rooted in fear. I think we all just are smart enough to know that, right? But the opposite of fear is not positivity, it's logic. A lot of times we want to take our fear, like, oh my God, I'm afraid, I don't have what it takes. And instead, we just try to say these like magical unicorn things, like, I am fearless. I am powerful. And don't get me wrong. I don't have any, it's okay to have positivity. I believe in it. But what's the logical reasoning for why you can do what you want to do and why your fears are actually not legit? So like you might say, I'm not good enough of a leader. And, and I might say, okay, well, what is leadership to you? And you start defining to me what leadership is. And we actually find out that leadership is, is work ethic, is leading by example, is integrity, is character. And it's not any of the stuff you were trying to make up. Right. And, and if we can just get that stuff written down on paper and said out loud, we can realize that your fear of leadership is completely ridiculous 
because to you, leadership, if we actually define it, is a bunch of things you already have, not a bunch of things that you pretended everyone else on stage has, right? Mm -hmm. So like we need to figure out what this fear is and then we just need to ask ourselves this. What are three things that you could do every single day that would get you closer to that goal? And I mean, like it, it's, it's the, I literally can't believe I get paid to do that because it's that simple, but, yeah. Yeah. but we don't take the time to do that, right? Because we, like, like you're saying, big goal, we get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. We think that we need to have a thousand moving pieces. And what I have found personally is almost everything in life we want to accomplish comes down to three simple tasks. If you, if you come up with any more than that, you probably won't do it every day. Um, if, if, if you, if you come up with any less than that, um, that's not a problem either if, if you can. But for me personally, I found that almost every human, their goal comes down to these three things that they already know they should be doing. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, it's never like, well, I mean, I'm actually not sure. I never have to make up things for people. Like yeah. they literally, if they just ask themselves that question, they already know. Mm -hmm. um, because I mean, our most basic belief about life coaching is that everyone has everything they need already on the inside. Right. It's just my goal. It's my job to ask questions, to get you to finally say out loud and organize and structure the things you already have there. Yeah. So, so true. yeah, it's, it's, it took me like 30 minutes to say that, of course. Um, but, but it really only takes like five minutes to do that exercise. And then yeah. I swear you do that exercise and you'll be like, dang, mm -hmm. like I can, you may not feel like you can hit that goal, but when you see that it's as simple as these three tasks, yeah, you'll realize I can do those three tasks. That's not that big. So, so then I just got to focus on, yes, I want to achieve this. Yes. That's my fuel, but these are my pedals. Yeah. These three things over and over and over and over and over until they eventually pay off. And that's really what all of us have had to do in every area of life we've ever had success in. It's just mm -hmm. trust a really simple process to eventually pay off. And most people aren't actually willing to do those simple yep. things repeated over time. Everybody's kind of looking for that secret. No, you really <coughs> must be doing something else. You're not telling me there's something. I know there is. I'm like, no, no, it, it's well, really that simple. You know? Yeah. I do think you shared one of the secrets earlier. That's not a secret. Okay. But yeah. I do think it's, it's not talked about enough. Okay. You talked about this thing called intensity. And I don't remember if you used that specific word, but I think you said energy. Mm -hmm. Um, so something I've started teaching in the last year, because used to, it was just like, Hey, you need to work more, work more, work more, work more. If it's not working, work more, if it's not working, like you must not be doing it. Yeah. And then I started getting into small group masterminds where I was like really coaching and listening to people. And I started realizing there was more to it than that. Um, and, and, and this isn't to disagree with what Melanie is saying. This is actually to just add something of proof of what she's already said. Yeah. Um, that we have some people, and you, you said it earlier, we have some people that are showing up and doing the actions day in and day out, but they're not doing it with the kind of energy we are. Mm -hmm. They're not doing it with the same level of confidence, with the same level of excitement, with that passion, um, having that mission at the forefront of their brain of the humans they want to help and the impact they want to make. And, and so I teach this formula. Uh, Micah Folsom actually passed it on to me from Entree Leadership that says consistency plus intensity plus time. I think that we 
um, when, when, when people are like, that girl's got something. I don't know what, she got something I don't. In reality, it's the intensity factor. Now, obviously, it's also the consistency factor. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like one or the other. It's when those two things come together, in my opinion, that's when explosive growth happens. And, and, and for me, watching clients, I have some clients that come to me, they're already really successful just trying to get to that next level. And then I have some that are kind of like in this weird spot where they're having a level of success with sales and maybe recruiting, but like they haven't got that leadership. They haven't got really people to buy in. Yeah. And when those people come to me, Melanie, I swear if they have the energy that we're talking about, I can help them go from zero to a hundred in like a month. It's yeah. literally the easiest thing in the world for me. I can get on a call. I'm like, you just needed this one little mental shift. But when you have that energy, you can kind of direct the momentum anywhere you want it to go. The problem is when people don't have that energy, yeah. that's to me one of the hardest things to teach because I don't think it's caught, or sorry, I don't think it's taught as well as it's caught. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, it's like you got to catch fire from somebody and that that's why I listen to Grant Cardone every morning when I work out because the dude, <laughs> I'm like I can conquer the world yes. you don't believe me ask yes. Grant he said so yes. <laughs> like I yes. so so like for me personally like when you say the magic sauce like I think because they don't understand that it's really our energy Mm-hmm. they go looking for a new hashtag formula or a new filter package or a new whatever, name it. Like we've all heard of thousands of things, people, right? And in reality, it was, it was the consistency and the intensity put together. And some people get one or the other, but they don't get them both working together for enough time, which is the third element, mm-hmm. for it to like finally take off. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. 100% agree with that energy and intensity everything it really yeah. and you have to be willing to put in the time there and yeah. people always say well yeah. how much how long is it going to take me to get there i'm like look i can't give you a time i can't give you a deadline it's all up to you i can give you the yeah. principles those three yeah. things you should be doing but the rest is up to you the yeah. intensity is up to you right right you know? right right yeah. for for me though i will say at the beginning because because I was smart enough and I, and I don't know, some of this stuff, I feel like looking back, I'm like, I'm kind of proud of you as a 31 year old punk kid for like at least realizing that. Cause most people from coaching people, I'm really like most people don't realize this yeah. for me personally. I was like, dude, you spent 15 years playing music. Your friends went to college for like four years to then get an entry level job. You're not going to be a successful motivational speaker and coach in the next year. Like, that's just stupid. Like, why would you like, so in my head, what I did, I literally gave myself five years. I was like, from the beginning, I was like, you have permission to suck for five years. And if after five years, you still haven't found a way to make a full-time income doing this, you have my permission to quit and say for the rest of your life, I guess I didn't have what it takes. I guess there really are some people that are special, but So it it took the time element away from me, not to say there wasn't ever a worry or concern because of course, but I I had this grace of like, man, like people don't like just become six figure earn. I mean, like for me, Melanie, I didn't know a single human in my life that was a six figure earner. So to like try to pretend that I could somehow make like that happen, like, like that wasn't even a goal for me. I was like, 
I make $40,000 detailing cars. If I could make that kind of money doing something I love, I'm good. Yeah. And if that takes five years, well then cool. That means I just, I was 30. So I was like by 35, I can say that I do what I love literally for the rest of my life. Who can say that? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, but instead we want what we want so bad. We want it right now. We're not thinking about like, for me, I was smart enough to realize, okay, even at five years, I'm only 35 years old. If you're listening to this and you're 50, guess what? You can do something that you don't love for the rest of your life, or you can take four or five years and then be able to do what you do love. Like, it doesn't matter how old or young you are. Like, do you want to do what you love or do you want to be miserable? Because you can be positive and I was a very positive person. Yeah. But if you don't have a purpose, I don't care. That's misery. To me, that's hell. Amen. I feel like that's the mic drop. <laughs> but it, it is the truth. It is the truth. You have to put it on the line. You have to say, yeah. okay, I'm willing to live my life right now for a few years, yeah. maybe a little uncomfortable so I can have those things, the, the vision right. that I want to create right. in my life. Right. That's so powerful. I feel like we could sit and talk forever hours. right <laughs> hours hours it's been an hour right then so we probably should yeah. wrap we should wrap up our our episode this was so much fun i really enjoyed this i really really so um you know to everybody listening in today you're hearing from two people that have built successful businesses but what you heard in both of us is that we're still learning we're still on this journey we haven't figured it all out we're still figuring out what the next step is going to look like but we both were willing to give it our all to seriously fail our way through it you know and and we've uncovered so many things about who we are and who we want to be that we probably didn't even know were within us you know through this journey yeah yeah pretty awesome pretty awesome stuff thank you thank you so much Thanks for coming on with me. I appreciate it so much, Mel. You have all of the respect in, in, in the world from, from everyone who knows you, knows of you. So it's an honor to be here sitting with you, learning alongside of you. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thank you. And same thing to you too. Same thing to you. you. It's just been so much fun to watch you grow. You know, I thank feel you. like I've watched you from the start to now and it's pretty amazing. So much fun. I'm excited for what you, what you have going on and the success that you've had. So you deserve it. You've worked incredibly hard. Thank you. Thank you. I, no. I still feel like a little kid. Yeah, I feel like, like that I still, too. <laughs> I still feel like a little kid. Like, you know, like I feel like once you figure out what you want to do with your life, it's like, yeah, I turned 35. I, I don't know. I feel like a 25 year old right yeah. now. Like, you know, got a little yeah. more responsibility than I had then. Yep. But like growing, it's, it's fun. Right. Totally. I agree. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in today. This was a blast. If you guys want to find Josh, if you're listening to my podcast right now, Josh, where can they find you at? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. I am Josh Coates underscore push coach. Um, You can check out free resources and stuff that I have just at my website, which is joshcoates.com. Awesome. All right. Perfect. And then for those of you that want to find Melanie, um, I know a lot of you are familiar with her, but we always got new listeners coming on. So Melanie, where can we find you? Oh yeah. So I am on Instagram is where I spend most of my time and it's just Melanie Mitro. And I do have a website. It's melaniemitro.com. You can read my story, see what I'm up to, a blog frequently. And, um, and yeah, I have a podcast too. So it's women inspiring women. And I do a podcast every single Tuesday. Beautiful. Thank you so much.
Thank you. All right, everybody, have a great day, and we will see you soon.